Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to talk to the mayor of New Orleans, Mitch Landrieu, who made news about a year ago for taking the city's Confederate monuments down. You're going to want to stay tuned for that conversation for sure. But up front, earlier this week, former U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times calling for a repeal of the Second Amendment to the Constitution. He writes, quote, Concerned that a national standing army might pose a threat to the security of the separate states led to the adoption of that amendment, which provides that, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Today, that concern is a relic of the 18th century. Justice Stevens was a registered Republican before he was named to the highest court by then-President Gerald Ford. He served on the court from 1975 until 2010. How does he view the amendments of the Constitution and what leads to such a bold call from a leading legal mind. Here to talk more about what Justin Stevens says about the Second Amendment and about the Second Amendment more broadly is Jamal Green. He is a Dwight professor of law at Columbia Law School, and he clerked for Justice John Paul Stevens in 2006. Professor Green, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So let's start with what Justice Stevens, your former boss, is saying here, he's saying this is an amendment that has outlived its usefulness in this country and is outdated, and we ought to repeal that. I I just want to get your reaction to that stance. Well, my initial reaction is is to not be that surprised. Um, Justice Stevens uh, wrote the dissenting opinion mm-hmm. uh, in a case from 2008, Heller. In which the court, right, the Heller case, mm-hmm. in which the court uh, struck down a, a DC handgun ban, uh, and he said he articulated the uh, traditional view of the Second Amendment, which is that it really just protects the right of a state to have a militia, that it doesn't have a, an individual rights component. So it wasn't surprising to me that he he came out with that um, stance, uh, uh, but. Uh, I guess if we're not so used to retired Supreme Court justices, you know, trying to strike things out of the Bill of Rights. Right. Um, uh, and so it's... it's still he, son know, of a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's 97 years old and, and, and still um, still uh, getting involved in public policy. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Uh, it's neat. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk, though, about his argument here, which is that this is not an individual right, but is a right about the defense of... States, uh, is that a reasonable interpretation of of the Second Amendment? I think it's reasonable to think of the original purpose behind the Second Amendment in exactly the terms that Justice Stevens described, which was uh, which was not about uh, people having you know AR-15s uh, that they use for target practice, uh, not about people um, having handguns in the home. Um, at the same time, though. Um, over time, you know, Americans have come to understand gun rights as being part of what is quintessentially American, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, sort of ironically, if you, if you take a kind of living constitution approach that Justice Stevens is often associated with, you might very well arrive at the view that, in fact, the Second Amendment, you know, should mean more today than it did back in the, in the 18th century. I mean, the, the NRA has been a part of 
of promoting that view, but they've been successful in promoting that view, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so there isn't there is kind of a, a kind of living constitutional argument uh, in favor of Justice Stevens's view, which which kind of flips the script a little bit because you usually, you know, associate the pro gun rights view with the original understanding of the Constitution. Uh, but that's that's the that's the one that I think is much closer to what Justice Stevens's view is. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about the Second Amendment, I often am, am frustrated that we and I think there are a number of provisions in the Constitution that 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 suffer from the same the same sort of phenomenon, but but maybe not to the extreme that the Second Amendment does. That that because of the strong lobby uh, that the NRA represents, because of the strong feelings that many Americans have about firearms and safety that we haven't had over over the 240 some years of of existence of this of this nation we haven't had the kind of conversation that would lead us to maybe a different more uh, more compromising space on 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 this issue that that we really are stuck on this basic sort of uh, two sides of the coin thing you're either you are either in favor of of guns or you are against guns, and and it, it it's very difficult to get past that. Is is the wording of the amendment part of the reason that that hasn't been easier? Because it is, I mean, it's strangely worded in in modern terms. At it, least. it is strangely worded. I mean, I I'm I'm not sure that I that I. I that the wording of the text of the amendment is doing a lot of work here. Um, the you know, people weren't talking about the Second Amendment before the 1980s right, um, that right. much, right? So it really was a part of a specific agenda, um, not just by the NRA, but in part, certainly in part, by the NRA to um, promote a particular view of the amendment. Um, now, what's interesting about the Second Amendment is. It, it, it actually, and this this goes to your point. It, it actually doesn't, as the court has understood it, it doesn't prevent anything that is really politically possible. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we can't get universal background checks. We can't get a, a, a legislative ban on bump stocks, um, or or a ban on on the sale of or restrictions on the sale of AR-15s. Right. There's no there are no Supreme Court opinions or even lower court opinions that would suggest that any of those kinds of restrictions would run afoul of the Second Amendment. But it kind of stands there as a, a source for a kind of, a kind of rhetoric about gun rights for mm-hmm. even, the, even the most minute common sense regulation. The other side says, you know, this is a Second Amendment issue, um, even if it really isn't. Um, and at the same time, it, 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 I think it contributes to a kind of polarization um, where uh, those who are in favor of gun control, like Justice Stevens, um, say, well, we need to remove the Second Amendment, um, when in fact, it, it, the Second Amendment isn't really doing that much work. It's really politics and the NRA that's doing right. all the work in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Jamal Green. He's a Dwight professor of law at Columbia Law School. He clerked for Justice John Paul Stevens, who earlier this week wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times calling for a repeal of the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, Professor Green, uh, uh, repeal is, of course, something that the, the, the founders contemplated and set out terms in the Constitution uh, for, for that to happen. It hasn't happened a whole lot uh, in, in our history, and it's, uh, it, they purposely made it 
quite difficult to do. But but I also wonder whether there are other ways to, to, to sort of reach uh, a different understanding of, of these kinds of amendments and, and whether that is through the law and the Constitution or, as you were just pointing out, uh, through the political infrastructure, um, is there is there a uh, an opportunity for more common ground here uh, with as long as that amendment is is in place? I, I think there is, and this is this is kind of a feature of our politics that what often looks like trenchant disagreement, there actually is a lot of agreement on. So um, most Americans support gun rights uh-huh. um, overwhelmingly support gun rights, and most Americans support all kinds of restrictions on gun rights. Um, so so you know, background checks are extremely popular. Right. Um, bans on uh, certain kinds of assault weapons is quite popular. Um, you know, half the guns in the United States are owned by a very small percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really, it, it's, a, it's an issue where there's lots of room for compromise. In a lot of, in a lot of ways, the Second Amendment is a distraction here. Uh, and I think those who favor gun control would, I think, maybe maybe be better off as a matter of political strategy if they stopped talking about the Second Amendment being an obstacle and started trying to find that common ground about what kinds of restrictions would be reasonable restrictions where we all agree, or we can all um, at least pretend to agree, <laughs> that um, that a basic, a basic right to own firearms is um, is something that most Americans support. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're teaching, when you're teaching about uh, the Constitution at at, at Columbia, uh, uh, talk about the the sort of modern understanding that students have of of this amendment. Just coming in cold, do they do they do they suffer from the same kind of uh, confusion about what what it does and what it doesn't? Uh, the, are they are they curious about? you know, its origins and, and how how faithful we ought to be to them today? Yes, I think students come into law school with lots of opinions, uh, political opinions as well, and so they've often thought quite a, quite a lot about the Second Amendment uh, and about um, gun rights. I think like with a lot of other constitutional provisions and a lot of other rights provisions, First Amendment being one of them, mm-hmm. uh, students often come in with a view that Having a having a right means that the right is absolute. <laughs> right. Um, they don't have a, a a well-developed understanding of exactly the ways in which you, the government can interfere with rights in ways that courts are going to uphold. Uh, so, just as with the First Amendment, uh, just as with um, other um, constitutional rights provisions, the Second Amendment, and the court has said this very clearly mm-hmm. in the Heller case in 2008, um, is subject to certain kinds of uh, of restrictions. It's not a right to own however many guns, uh, any kind of weapon in any location by any person. It's uh, it's a basic right that has a core, um, and the core was kind of articulated by the court as you can't ban ordinary people from having possessing a handgun in their home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but on the margins, you know, concealed carry laws, background checks, certain kinds of weapons that aren't very common, uh, those kinds of restrictions uh, the court has never suggested are problematic. Yeah, uh, the the other part of of the gun control or or prohibition uh, argument that that I, I always am curious about is not the part that affects the right itself, which is about whether 
you or I might be able to have a gun in our home or on our on our person. But but it has to do with the with the manufacture and distribution of weapons, which of course the Second Amendment doesn't really speak to, but that we don't ever really talk much about, which is that. Uh, why can't why can't gun manufacturers be more tightly regulated in terms of how many weapons they make or what types of weapons they make and how they are able to distribute those weapons? Uh, it, it seems as if the conversation that we've had about guns and gun control really missed that part. And by my reading, the Second Amendment itself has very little to do with that. No, I think that's I think that's right. And in the in the Heller case, Justice Scalia's a majority opinion in that case, he lays out uh, a few kinds of long-standing restrictions on the right to bear arms mm-hmm. that he says the opinion doesn't really touch. Right, and one of those is um, possession by um, people who've been convicted of uh, felonies, mm-hmm. um, uh, people who are mentally ill. Uh, certain sensitive places like government buildings and schools. Uh, And then he says, and restrictions on the commercial sale of firearms, um, which is a pretty big category. Yes. Um, uh, You know, we, we, I think if you haven't gone to law school, you don't tend to distinguish between a a, a possession law and a sale law, Uh, but that's a, that's a major difference. Uh, And, you know, for example, the, the, you know, the, the Florida, Florida just raised the age of gun purchase purchasers from 18 to 21. Uh And the NRA immediately challenged that, but that's, you know, it's a it's a restriction on sale. Um, so who can sell guns uh, and who and who who can uh, and who can buy them? And the court, um, the Supreme Court, kind of created a, a kind of safe harbor um, for that kind of legislation, right? So, um, so I think a lot more nuance and context could be called for in this debate. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'm not so naive to expect <laughs> that to necessarily happen, but um, but there there really is a a, a lot that states, uh, that activists, uh, that the federal government could do um, if they if the politics were there. Yeah. Uh, and so the real restriction is, you know, we disagree about this issue. There's a major and very powerful lobbying uh, group that has an interest here, and um, and so it's it's hard to arrive at a political a good political solution. Right. Uh, thus, thus the argument that uh, that Justice Stevens is making, which is to sort of just repeal the amendment itself. Well, that's, uh, well, that's which, even harder than passing an ordinary <laughs> I statute. So. I know, and, and, and I, I, I guess I'm, I'm left wondering whether this is an exercise in trying to sort of affect the political conversation as opposed to really launching the idea of, of repeal. Repeal is very difficult. It hasn't happened that often. Uh, the idea that that would happen couldn't uh, couldn't be lost, or the, the unlikelihood of that happening, I guess, couldn't be lost on, on Justice Stevens. Do you think he's sort of uh, just being a provocateur here? You know, I, I actually don't think that, um, and that's just based on what I know of him. Mm-hmm. He, he tends to not, and in the year I clerked for him, um, he tends to not be nearly as strategic an actor <laughs> as uh, as some of his colleagues on the court, uh, as as lots of lots of people in politics. He tends to just kind of say what he thinks, uh, and I think he does think that the Second Amendment is a bad idea uh, in the modern age, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that it should just be repealed. Um, now that said, uh, I do think that um, you know there is an argument to be made for saying you know those who are in favor of of gun control are kind of fighting on the turf of the NRA, mm-hmm. right? So the NRA wants, 
they were going to have a big fight about bump stocks, <laughs> about whether you can convert a semi-automatic uh, rifle into a into a machine gun. Right. Uh, uh, and you know, even if the NRA loses that fight, right, what that means is you know you've banned something that should obviously be banned. Right. Um, right. And so the, the the pro-gun control groups are, are sort of fighting on that turf, as opposed to, you know, there are, there are lots of people, you know, that who really do think that there's no good reason to have a gun at all. Right. 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 So, um, uh, but that that's not even that's no that's no part of the political conversation. And so, so one could make that kind of provocation to say, you know, maybe maybe advocates should be um, should be. Uh, should not be uh, sort of losing the negotiation before they start, right, and should right. start from a position of no guns at all, right. uh, and then see where it gets you. Don't give up so much ground uh, yeah. out of the game. Okay, Jamal Green, Dwight Professor of Law at Columbia Law School, former clerk for Justice John Paul Stevens. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Up next, we are going to talk with the mayor of New Orleans, Mitch Landrieu. He made news a year ago for taking the city's Confederate statues down. We'll talk to him about that and his new book on race. That's all next on Detroit Today.